Coming to you from our opulent and luxurious 4x8 refurbished broom closet at the National Headquarters in Indianapolis. With duct tape, studio lights, and a mic that you barely can hear, we hope to entertain and educate you. This is the Tango Alpha Lima Podcast. They call me crazy because I'm facing all my giants. They try to scare me into thinking I can't fight it. They tell me I should never even think of trying. But that's just me. I'm going to live out in defiance. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Tango Apolina Podcast. Jeff Daly, why did you not tell me that I had a picture of Cam Newton on my wall? Now I've had it up there for, you know, ah, terrible. I'll get I'll get a Mac Jones picture. Anyway, joined as always by my co-host, Jeff Daly, Hollywood Dailies and the Michigan Dailies. Jeff, how are you today? Outstanding, sir. And uh, I was glad to see uh, your Cam Newton up there. That was awesome. Yeah, you know, I haven't been in this office in so long and wouldn't be today if I hadn't uh, left my uh, electrical cord to my computer at home. Nonetheless, Ashley Gorbolja Moldonado, how are you today? I'm quite well. Good, except for the audio, which is a known We're, issue. Do yeah. we think? Do we think it burned or what do we think happened? I don't know. My computer is on fire right now. In fuego. In fuego. It's not great. I'm going to have to shut it down for a few. And then it's funny, too, because my work computer and my personal computer are both just like heating up. Like they're just self fire starter bricks right now. They're just, you know, getting all all the good stuff. If you had it in this office, you would tell exactly how hot it is because, again, no air conditioning in this room. I am dying. (laughs) All right, today's topic, we got a a, uh, special guest today, Abelisa Ellicott. She joined the U.S. Army, or excuse me, the U.S. Air Force in 2007, and though she proved herself capable of doing her job, she was constantly faced with her chain of command fighting to get her kicked out. At the time, she presented as male, but gradually stopped following male gender expression rules when not in uniform. An unfortunate incident resulted in her being medically discharged from the military, medically retired. After leaving the military, Avalisa transitioned to reflect her true self and then made it her mission to help educate others. She knew there was a lack of representation for black trans women, so she started a YouTube channel to share her experiences. This led her to join a collaborative channel called the Trans Youth Channel, where trans men and women reached out to help trans youth. Apparently, Ashley's dog is very eager to this. Uh, yeah, she's, I hear she's you, buddy. loving everything about our guests. That's my Elliot, Miss Elcott, you know. Avalisa gradually became more active in the LGBTQIA community, first in Austin, Texas, and then around the country as a speaker and an educator. She now travels around the world to promote equal treatment of trans people in society. We will be right back after this message with Avalisa Ellicott. The American Legion is Veterans Strength in America. We're in your community, supporting veterans, service members, and their families enriching the lives of young people and promoting citizenship and patriotism. Our members are passionate about these core values. Help strengthen America by joining the American Legion today. For more information, go to legion.org slash join. All right, now we're joined by Avalisa and Ashley, you will go first today. All right. Well, thank you for, for coming on. I appreciate, you know, your background, your story, and I'm really excited to learn a little bit more about um, your YouTube channel and how you've been sharing your experiences. And I see that you also have a trans youth channel as well, and you've been invited to collaborate and um, really to, to help folks better understand 
LGBTQIA plus community. Um, so I'd love to hear a little bit more about your, your advocacy journey and trans rights and how you've become kind of a YouTube influencer now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so after I got out of the military, I knew that I wanted to transition. I've known since I was like three or four that intrinsically I was a girl. Um, unfortunately, extrinsically I was not. And so it was this imbalance within myself that I had to come to find out that was actually possible to change because it didn't seem like there was anything I could do about it. Um, but when I was about 18, I met the first trans person for the first time. And I was like, oh my God, I can actually do something about this. And so um, I was in college at Old Dominion, at Old Dominion University, geez, in Norfolk, Virginia. And um, I was struggling because I was in the process of finding myself. And so waking up early and going to class really didn't fit into that. And so my mom called and she was like, I'm not going to be paying for you to go out of state for you to not go to class. And I was like, okay, so to make money, I'm going to join the military. And so I went to BMT and I, I wanted to play this role. I wanted to be as as possible. And that's kind of what it felt like my whole life. Like I was acting, like I was playing a role. Um, and so I went into BMT and I was like, I'm gonna be as butch as I can. And somehow by the end of basic training, everybody was like, you're like a mom to us. And I was like, oh, that didn't work as well as I thought. Um, and so, had my entire military experience and got out and I was like, finally, I can do it. This is the time. And so um, I, I did a lot of research and this was 2010, 2011. I was doing a lot of research online and I was looking at YouTube channels and stuff like that. And unfortunately I didn't see anyone who looks like me. I didn't see the representation of black trans women on YouTube. And so I was like, oh, well, I'm about to go through it now. So if I film it, then everybody else can see my videos and then they can see themselves. And it didn't feel like advocacy. It didn't feel like any form of activism. It just felt like, you know, helping somebody out. And so I started, you know, filming my journey, talking about the things that I was going through and, uh, trans youth channel reached out to me and they were like hey we love your videos they get really good traction would you like to come and be a part of us and so I was on a panel of about 10 trans people back in like 2012 somewhere around there and each day one of us would make a video and we would address a specific topic or respond to a specific question and so that was really cool for me but even then it didn't feel like advocacy or activism it just felt like Oh, you asked me to do this, so I'll do it. And I was living in Austin at the time and extremely visible as a Black trans woman. And so people would consistently come up to me and be like, hey, want to do this thing? And I'd be like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go to the Capitol and sit on toilets in front of the <laughs> Texas State Capitol. Yeah, this just sounds fun. And slowly but surely, I started to realize, oh, I'm an advocate. I, I am standing in a place and I am being visible for a community that doesn't, that, that can't be visible because it's dangerous. We live in a world where the life expectancy of a black trans woman is 35 years old and being 34, that's extremely scary. And so to be able to be visible and give an example of what our lives can be as trans people and I'm living wonderfully, 
it, it feels like that's, that's what I can do. And I do my best to educate and, you know, stuff like that. I, <laughs> I didn't try to do it. It all happened by accident. But now that I realize that I'm doing it, I want to do as much as I can to make the world a better place for everyone. Well, I can certainly appreciate that. We call that second service or accidental advocacy on the show. I find all too often I, I, the Legion asks, oh, hey, you want to do this? I'm like, yes, let's do it. So <laughs> I know all too well what that feels like. And I appreciate what you're doing for the community. It's incredibly important. And, you know, we're just, you know, we need role models. We need role models. Mm-hmm. We need folks that can be the voice that I can, I will watch me and make stuff happen. So Actually, I'm really curious more about this sitting on toilets in front of the Capitol. <laughs> like, I want to like dive into that because I'm like, what? This sounds wonderful. I just you can run through I it quick. It. Yeah, um, it oh, was gosh. during the uh, very turbulent time where people were like, you can't use the bathroom in the women's restroom, and it had gotten really big, and people were uh, writing legislation around it, and so um, for. At, it was an anniversary of Stonewall. Me and a bunch of other drag queens and trans people, we had toilets uh, brought to the Capitol and it was rainbow toilets. So one of each color and they sat them on the steps of the Capitol. And then we sat on them in front of the Capitol and saying, we are family, I believe. <laughs> I love it. We need a photo. We have to put it in the show notes. I, I, I actually just glorious. ran across it not too long ago. And I was like, I did sit on a toilet in front of the Capitol. That's something that I did. <laughs> Bucket list. Check. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Uh, I love it. So I'll, I will pass the next question off to, I believe, Jeff. Yeah, Jeff. We'll get, uh, Jeff, are you going to ask more toilet questions? Because I am not going to ask. I'm not going to ask any more toilet questions other than the fact that uh, (laughs) the color of the toilets is one thing. But, uh, you know, doctors always want to know the color in the toilet. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks. Thanks for going there, Jeff. (laughs) This is what I put up with. Okay. All right. I'm still trying to get over the fact that you were asked if you wanted to do the podcast. Like I was never asked. I was voluntold. So I I got a little resentment towards both of you right now. All right. Go, Jeff. (laughs) All right, Evelyn. So I'm I'm the one with the tough questions. So okay. I'm, yeah. I'm going to have to let out, I have to let out a little bit of my bias. I have, I have, uh, I have a problem with your life and this is it. You were born in new Orleans, raised in Hawaii and even lived in Austin. And those are three awesome cities. And I don't know how one person gets to live a life where you live in all of those. What so, are you saying about Omaha? I've, I haven't got, I haven't, that, that's her payment for getting to live in Hawaii, uh-huh. New Orleans. Uh, and I've, I've not been to Austin yet. I'll get there in November, but those are all awesome places to live. And I got a little bit, I got a little bit of resentment that you got to live in all of them, but I'm gonna let it go for professionalism. No, it's, I got, okay. it's okay. It's okay. Hold on to it. <laughs> so as we, as, as, and what you said earlier, kind of uh, uh, goes against the preface of my question. The, the preface of my question was, I, I kind of feel like the masses are maybe slowly moving away from the debate of whether uh, trans does or should exist. Uh, I think the bigger argument, which you touched on, because Ashley did a follow-up and stole my question, is that we are now in a debate of the logistics of coexistence meaning uh, about the bathrooms and about uh, sports participation and about 
uh, participation in the military. Now, since this is a veteran military show, I'd love to get your perspective on the military part, but if you feel free, you've already talked about the, the restroom aspect, but if you have some thoughts on sports as well, that would, that would be awesome too. Okay, so I have an answer that kind of covers everything and then I'll try and pop into specifics. Um, so when it comes to coexisting and being a society, um, my life, my, my particular life is my own existence and your life is your own existence. And though, because we do share similarities, we may line up in certain places, we're still completely different people. I can't know everything about you without asking you. I can't know the things you like, the things you dislike. I can't weigh in on anything about your life without actually knowing you and knowing your story. And so we're at a time in society where all we really need is empathy and to realize that people are just people. And I think there's so, it's so often we want to get into the bottom of it because it's something we don't understand. I, I have met so many people in my lifetime, like you said, born in New Orleans, raised in Hawaii, then we moved to Virginia. And then at some point I lived in Germany for like six months. I've traveled the entire world and I've met so many different people, especially at a very young age. And so I came to understand that people are different and without actually talking to and understanding these people and the differences, I cannot empathize with them because I, because as a person, I want to understand and I need to look deeper to find something, to find a reason to empathize instead of just realizing that this person is a human being going through who knows what kind of struggle and just being kind is enough. And so when it comes to to bathrooms, we could just move to the place where, you know, we have open gender restrooms because everybody asks, you know, what, what are people's problems with trans people going to the restroom? Honestly, it all goes back to men because the thing is, is that women are afraid for their children to be in the bathroom unsupervised with a man because what a man might do because of everything that we've seen in all of these movies and all of this television, Lifetime is terrible. Lifetime is terrible and it, it creates this fear that something bad is always going to happen. And so that's what the real issue is, is what bad could happen. And when I go to the bathroom, I go to the bathroom, I pee, I may poop, I wash my hands, I look at myself in the mirror and I walk out. That's it. If I go in with someone, I might have a conversation, um, but there is no malice behind me going to the bathroom just as there is no malice behind other trans people going to the bathroom. Now you have sickos in the world. You have really disgusting people. And I don't think that the sign on the outside of the bathroom is going to stop them from doing what they want to do. So this idea that allowing trans women to use the women's restroom is going to open up a door for a man to dress up as a woman and get breast implants and start hormones just so that he can harm somebody, no. He's just gonna go in there and harm somebody. People are terrible. And instead of just realizing that we are all human, we're trying to get into that one little place, that one place where we're able to put that in a box and say, this makes sense. This is how I see you. This is how I see you. This is how I see you. Instead of just seeing people as humans. When it comes to sports, like I have my own very 
unique views when it comes to sports. And I'm allowed to have my own views because I'm me, Avalisa Ellicott, and trans people are not a monolith. When I speak, I don't speak for every trans person because I'm not the Lorax. Um, and my very specific views go back to misogyny and the fact that men and women's sports are divided in the first place. And we did that because we said women are weaker than men. And so that's where all of this crossover is happening because we're saying that women are weaker than men. But if you train a woman next to a man and they're racing each other in track or, you know, whatever, they're doing hurdles. I don't know. But if they're going against each other, they're trying to beat each other and they're going to get stronger and they're going to work themselves. But if you put a group of people here and you say the strongest out of you is going to lead the pack and you put a group of people here and say the strongest of you is going to lead the pack instead of putting the two strongest together and letting everybody fight against them, you're going to have that separation. Because I have seen women, hmm, <laughs> Trying, trying not to cuss. I have seen women boxing who could take anybody down. And it wasn't this idea of, oh, she's weaker because she's a woman. Yeah, there's a, a fat to mus muscle ratio that happens um, within women, but that's a limit that society has put on women. And so when we go into trans people participating in sports, we're saying, oh, a trans woman cannot compete with cisgender women because she's going to be better she's going to be stronger. The only way she's going to be stronger or better is if she trained with men before she switched over, in my certain opinion. Um, and we say that trans men can't compete with cisgender men because they're not going to be as good. This all goes back to saying that women are not as good as men. That's, that's my thoughts on that. Can I just get a mic drop? <laughs> yes. Thank well, you. Well, I mean, uh, I don't want to get into the, the sports one too much because I uh, it, my, uh, there are some Mus skeletal muscular differences, but um, on the bathroom thing, it's it's also about women because my ex girlfriend, I didn't know women could poop until <laughs> well into it, and I think I think that you all are hiding the fact that you have bodily functions. That's why I think we have separate bathrooms. That's I'm somewhat concerned that honestly, Jeff Daly's autobiography is now going to be entitled <laughs> "Malice in the Bathroom." That's really <laughs> concerning. Honestly, it all started when women joined the workforce and the men in the workforce saw their bathrooms and they said, uh, this is kind of gross. We're going to give them their own place to go to the bathroom. And so that was the beginning of men and women's restrooms. But at the end of the day, if we're all going in there to do the exact same thing, why do we need a sign on the front of the door? If everybody goes into a stall, does what they do, and then walks out and washes their hands and leaves, I don't problem that's the way that they had it in europe and and Allie mcbeal <laughs> really that's where we're gonna go with this hey i will say on the sports thing if anybody watched the olympics that female wrestler from texas the first thing i thought when i did tamira mensa stock the first thing i thought when i saw her was she could kick my ass in about four seconds so yeah and he, and he wrestled in and college. i wrestled in college and she yeah. was so fast, I couldn't even watch it on TV. I, she was amazing. Uh, so we already went through where you, I mean, you were in Texas, you were in Virginia, and then you moved to Nebraska, which if I were to peg three states that I wouldn't view as necessarily <laughs> friendly, those probably would have been high on the list. But it also talks in here how you travel the world. And I'm, I'm curious, in, in traveling the world and obviously in different cities, do you, do you find a pretty big cultural 
shift on where you're more welcome or less welcome? I think a lot of that, uh, a lot of the answers that go to that question deal with intersectionality and the fact that I am a woman, I am black and I am trans and I'm not each one of these things separately. I am all of them at the same time. And as they mix and mingle with each other they get even grosser. Um, And so existing in in society um, as a black person you know places that are better for you, you know places that aren't existing in society as a woman, you know places that are better for you, you know places that aren't and existing as a trans person, you know places that are friendlier towards you and you know places that aren't. And so um, it all just kind of depends. But at the end of the day, I do um, I do have the privilege of being cis-assumed in most spaces. Um, it's been a while since somebody was like, excuse me, sir. And so, you know, I, I don't stand out in that way. It's very weird to me at this point in my life because people will stop me and be like, oh my God, you're so tall. Your legs are so long. And I'm like, thank you. I appreciate that. But, you know, the first thing that I think when somebody stops me is, oh God, they're going to call me a man. Somebody's going to get angry. Then it's going to be dangerous and I'm going to die today. But, you know, that's just trans fear and I'm not going to go into that. Um, But I will say being in Austin, Texas was absolutely amazing. Um, It was just, everybody's a weirdo in Austin. And so nobody's really focused on your weirdness. And so me transitioning and starting my transition there, nobody ever really looked at me sideways. I struggled, you know, finding work because all black trans women struggle finding work. Uh, But outside of that, it wasn't that terrible of a place. And then when I moved to Omaha, I will say that um, extremely friendly. You got that, that Midwest nice. Um, but at the same time, I think, um, being in a space that was predominantly white, uh, I, I struggled in that aspect. And then once I was able to get in those spaces, then it was like, oh, you're trans. And it was either, oh my God, I love you. Or it was, (laughs) that's nice. So I think what we could take away from this though, is in the future, I can quote you as just saying all people in Austin are weirdos. So yes. I can no longer be yes. held responsible because I am quoting directly from Avalisa Ellicott. Yes. So from <laughs> now on, anybody, marks. yeah, don't send a hate mail to me, folks. All right, let's take <laughs> a quick commercial break. We'll be back in 30 seconds. Did you know that you could cut a five-pointed star in one snip? Betsy Ross did. Learn her secret and many other things you might not know about Old Glory in the American Legion's bookazine. Indivisible, the story of our flag. Available at legion.org forward slash emblem sales. All right, we are back with Avalisa Ellicott, and we are up for round two. Ashley, go. All righty. So it is the anniversary of Don't Ask, Don't Tell, being, you know, repeal, if you will. So we're at the 10-year mark, and I wanted to kind of explore a little bit more about your your service and the things and values that you took away from your service and how they helped you be your your true and only self right mm-hmm. and, oh, sorry i got my dog here. <laughs> 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 um 
<laughs> I literally just put my hand right on her face. Anyway, <laughs> excuse me as I was. So your service, you know, your thoughts on, you know, don't ask, don't tell, we're coming up on the anniversary, you know, how has your service inspired or influenced you? And what are your thoughts on, on the issue at hand? So <clears throat> I was in, uh, before Don't Ask, Don't Tell was repealed, I actually got out of the military and then they were like, Don't Ask, Don't Tell is out of here. And I was like, really? Now, um, a lot of my military um, service was a witch hunt. After I got out of basic training, I decided I have been bottling up all of this femininity and it doesn't interfere with my job. That was a question you asked earlier. I can get around to that. Um, it doesn't interfere with my job. I'm able to do my job just the same as everybody else. And so I'm not going to hide it. Um, and that led to uh, one of my instructors accusing me and my, my best friend of having an affair. Uh, she was a black woman as well. I was still male at the time. And he said that we were having an affair. Um, come to find out the only reason that they started all of that in the first place was to get her in a room where she could say, oh, that's not what's happening. This person is, is attracted to men. This person is gay because I was considered gay at the time um, so that they then could kick me out because she would have credible knowledge of who I was. And so um, there was that. And there were a lot of things like that. Um, for the most part, people just kind of left me alone. I was a flyer in the Air Force. And so, you know, that kind of takes you and puts you in a separate place um, from the rest of the military. Uh, but it was just really terrible. I was constantly talking. Uh, I don't remember the letters because it has been over 10 years since I've been out, but the, the lawyers on base, I was constantly going in their office and asking what could get me kicked out and how I needed to best protect myself um, to make sure that I didn't lose my job and my source of income. Um, and a very terrible thing happened. Uh, and again, it was kind of centered around that. And the resolution was for me to get a medical retirement. And so I have been out of the military for 10 years. And I don't think anyone who goes into the military and makes it through BMT can come out the same. It's a psychological thing. In BMT, they remold who you are. They remold the way that you think, the way that you react, and they make you a different person in a certain way. You're always yourself, but you process things differently and being on the outside, being in the civilian world, I still process things the same way because you see the benefit of all of the lessons that the military teaches you. And I think that's one thing that I love about being around other veterans. And that's one of the reasons that you see a lot of veterans in spaces of leadership because the military teaches you to do that. The military molds leaders. And so I think that's how I accidentally fell into advocacy because I had already been molded to be a leader. And then you, you gave me this one specific thing that I could really stand up for better than anybody else. And it just kind of put me there. Roll back around to the other question. I think that trans people serving in the military, the issue is everybody else. And I think that's the issue 
with trans people in society. It's not about me. It's not about the way that I choose to live my life. It's not about anything about me. It's how everyone else views me and what it makes them think themselves. I'm not trying to go up to any kids and be like, hey, you should get boobs when you grow up. That's what you need to do because you're really a girl um, because that's not my life and that's not me. But if they see me and they see something in me that they see in themselves, that's them. Still not me. Me going to the bathroom, there's no issue with me going to the bathroom. The issue with me going to the bathroom is how everybody else feels about me being in the bathroom. And so as far as trans people serving, I don't think that there is physically anything that is wrong with trans people serving. What I think is, is the way that everybody else views trans people and that they think that supporting trans people is taking a political, is making a political statement, that it's taking a political side. And I think that um, politicizing my existence is disgusting. Right, I wish that we had served within the same ranks because I also noticed for those who are watching the video, you have some crowns in the back and I would fix your crown every day, girl. Like, <laughs> I'm telling you, like every day, I just be like, she's doing her, she's living her best life. Let her be. The it, thing is, is that I did my job like well, and nobody exactly. that I worked with had any issue with me. Like, I'd be in uniform and like my flight suit fit just a little bit differently than everybody else's. And because I could still do my job, nobody had a problem. Nobody that I worked with, it was all of the people in the upper ranks who heard somebody say something about me that had an issue. It never affected my job. Yeah, no, I, I, as, as a woman in the military, I, I yeah, I, I definitely relate to everything you're saying there because it's, I do my job, but why you, why you treat me differently based on a, a social construct or, you know, this over personification of, of masculinity when I'm being compared to or perceived as is weaker. And I think there's a lot of like overall tie into what you've been discussing is like, we have to be empathetic to one another and we can live our own lives, our best lives, but it's usually going to be the people around us who are trying to dictate how they perceive our, our interactions with the world and others. So, yeah, I appreciate you sharing. All right, Jeff, you're up. All right. So um, it, so it sounds like you have two kind of uh, takes on the military. There's the, you know, the positive take of, you know, molding leadership and all that. And then of course, um, some of the, the cultural issues of the military that kind of are contrary to your joy in living your truth. So, and I did notice on here, because again, I asked the tough ones, that you're not an American Legion member yet. And I'm wondering, does it have anything to do with negative experience in the military? But then you also said you like being around military people and having that same camaraderie and, uh, and, and, and stuff like that. Does a veterans organization... Is it off-putting to you or, 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 because I know you'd be welcome in my post, but you don't live here. You live in <laughs> Omaha after, after, uh, and I'm going to repeat it again, New Orleans, Hawaii, Austin, and now I hear Germany. So I got a little bit more, I got a little bit more problem with you. Now you've added Germany, but well, um, <laughs> I've, I've dipped out of Omaha and I'm currently living in Bentonville, Texas, but my husband and I did just buy a house and so we're moving to Dallas. So I don't know whose post that is. Um, as there's a lot as, There's a lot of posts in uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Okay. Yeah. 
See, we can talk about that. We can we can move <laughs> forward with that. I think uh, me being against veteran organizations would be extremely hypocritical as I am the <laughs> director of communications at TAVA, the Transgender American Veterans Association. Um, it's an organization of 501c3 that is 100% there for trans veterans to build a sense of community and to, uh, to help people heal because there is a lot of life experience as a veteran that you need to heal from. And then adding that on top of existing in this world as a trans person, you know, having people who understand, I can talk to you guys without having to explain what being in the military was like. I can do that because we all share that commonality. And so to share two very major commonalities with people, it creates an amazing sense of community and openness. Um, and so being in that organization has been so healing for me. And that's why I'm now saying I, I love hanging around with other military people because I don't have to have that conversation. However, before that, um, I uh, went with my friends to uh, a veteran event and I was there as a trans person and also as a veteran. And I had a lot of uh, cisgender veterans tell me that I was not a veteran, that it didn't count that I served my country, that I was an abomination, that I should have never been allowed in the military and all of this other, uh, all of this other negative stuff. You would have been okay um, with that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could have said that one. <laughs> but it was, it was just mind boggling. And even as a part of Tava, I have been, you know, working on our social media presence. And so I have been putting ads up and we put an ad up that said, are you a veteran? Are you trans? Join our organization, be a part of our community. And the amount of comments that were, that were negative was absolutely re revolting. Um, and a lot of them revolved around the exact same idea that um, because of transition and because of transness, we could no longer be veterans. We no longer qualified as veterans. And then you had all of these people saying that we were no better than anybody else and we didn't deserve to go to the VA and we didn't deserve to get special treatment. All we want is to be better than everybody. And I was like, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you people? Why are you being crazy like this? I even had one old guy tell me that he was gonna make my butt hurt and it wasn't gonna be from a spanking. And I was like, why are you on Facebook? <laughs> why are well, you this comfortable? Well, first of all, I wish somebody had taken the time uh, at mm. when somebody says these things to you to ask them uh, if they know actually what the definition of a veteran is because I, uh, how, people live their, how people live their life outside of uniform has I, I, I haven't seen a definition that, that said that. And also the fact that they are questioning the military, which also you don't really do. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and just the fact that what they're speaking about is uh, contrary to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness in a constitution that they swore to defend. So if anybody... Uh, anybody who didn't come away from the service with a service mentality, it wouldn't have been you. I'll just, <sighs> I'll just leave it at that. 
it, it just doesn't make sense. But, you know, a lot of those negative interactions um, very much shied me away from uh, participating in things like that because I spoke about it earlier. There is a fear that all trans people carry throughout their lives that something bad may happen to them. And when you get a whole bunch of hyper-masculine hyped up on guns and shooting people in one room and then the trans person walks in, like your chances of being in danger are a lot higher than just going to a gay club. So uh, <laughs> it, has, it really steered me away and I wanna be able to find a balance where people can just be people and connect on the commonalities we have instead of focusing on the differences that we have. All right, Jeff, because you're a friend, I'm going to give you an alibi on this one, but uh, don't make me play lawyer guy, but life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness is found where? Oh, in the, not in the Constitution. I mean. There we go. There All we right, go. buddy. <laughs> like I said, I'm going to give you an alibi on that one. All right, Avalisa, where can uh, people look and find you? Obviously, somewhere on YouTube, because you mentioned that, but like if someone wants to get more information, what's their, uh, what's their starting point? I am everywhere. Um, <laughs> You could Google Avalisa Gallo, that is my maiden name, and a whole bunch of stuff pops up. Uh, all of the links to my social medias will pop up as well, uh, but if you want those specifically, I'm not going to give out my Facebook because that is personal and private, and I won't accept people that I don't know. Um, however, I am on Instagram. My user handle is Miss Avalisa, A-V-A-L-I-S-A. I'm on Twitter as well, but I barely use it. And it's the same thing, Miss Avalisa. Um, if you want to go to the Tava website, um, and that is www.transveteran.org, uh, you can find a lot about me, a lot about my history, and a lot about what I'm doing with the organization. Uh, we are super duper busy. We have started a restructuring to bring the organization to newer veterans. Um, I think, you know, the idea of veterans needs to grow. Uh, when you think about a veteran, you think about an old man wearing a Vietnam hat, uh, an, an old white man wearing a Vietnam hat, uh, and your idea rarely spreads outside of that. And veteran are, veterans are young people, veterans are women, veterans are trans people, veterans are black, veterans are Hispanic. There's, there's the idea and the actuality are uh, two completely different things. And so as an organization, I'm trying to bring um, Tava more into reality and less out of idea with our membership base. And I'd really love to see that uh, in a lot of other organizations. Uh, and so, yeah, that's how you can, that's how you can track me down. There we go. All right. Avalisa, thank you so very much for joining us. Jeff, Ashley, we'll be back in a minute, but again, thank you very much for joining us, Avalisa. Thank you. I appreciated it. So you were discharged with a 20% disability rating, but now you can't hear so well and need help. Contact an American Legion service officer. Service officers are free of charge and they help all veterans. Find one near you with our online tool at legion.org forward slash service officers. All right, and we have now heard from Avalisa and we will start with you, Ashley. What uh, did you take away from this? Strong, empowering, inspirational, 
she's got everything put together and she's helping people. I mean, anyone who falls in that second service and, you know, that accidental advocacy and continues to push forward. And now, you know, she's a communications professional for her organization and she's kind of like rounding up folks and making things happen. And uh, I think there's a lot to be learned from the things that she said regarding how we view the trans community, the LGBTQ plus community. And um, it really challenges the, the misnomers of, um, you know, gentrification in our, in our culture. So I hope people, you know, are gonna take, take what they need from this uh, episode today. Jeff, what do you got? Uh, I, like the, I like the notion of an accidental advocate. Uh, an accidental advocate didn't get there from networking and uh, saying what I'm gonna do just living a life of truth that people recognized and then said uh, what she she appears from our short time together to be doing is she's normalizing a life that people have been ostracizing. And uh, I think that's what's what's most powerful is realize is communicating just like everybody else. I do my thing. I have my faults. I have my uh, I have the good things about me, just like you do, and just going on about life. And I think that that is the the best kind of advocacy. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff pretty much stole what I was going to say. But yeah, I mean, I mean, there's there's a strength of a product and there's strength of a salesman, and she's managed to kind of get both of them here. So yeah, just very well-spoken, intelligent, you know, it, it really there was nothing weird or anything, you know, she talks about how everybody's in Austin is weird. She's the least weird person I've ever met from Austin. So I don't really know, I don't even know where to go with that. But either way, I thought it was a very interesting interview. Uh, remember everyone else subscribe to the Tango Alpha Lima podcast on Apple podcast, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And while you're there, review and rate us preferably five stars. If you want to send us feedback, you can comment on YouTube or Facebook. Or you can send us an email at tangoafalima at legion.org. Five stars. And don't leave any crazy comments, you crazy people, if you happen to be following her over to where we are. Because uh, we will just delete it. So anyway, Ashley, Jeff, great seeing you again. And I guess we will probably do this again next week. Uh, you know, God willing, the creek don't rise. I guess I'll see you then. Bye, everybody. <laughs>